Welcome back to the AIM Podcast. Today we sit down with special guest, High Rock's world record holder and the first female athlete to go sub-60, Meg Jacoby. Meg is an incredible athlete and a mom and has a very, very inspiring story. And in this episode, she shares all about it. You guys are going to love hearing more about her mindset, her training philosophy, and her preparation for the world championships coming up here in Manchester. Before we dive in, I want to give a shout out to Kaizos Nutrition. Kaizos is a supplement company that I own. And honestly, if you were someone listening to this episode that wants to sleep better, wants to have better gut health, wants to overall just have a higher level of health, This is a product that you have to stop what you're doing and check out. This is a product that we designed to be completely all natural with no artificial sweetener, free of CBD and melatonin, and honestly, a substitute for dessert. It tastes amazing. Make sure you go check it out, kaizos.co, K-A-I-Z-O-S.co, and use code AIMPODCAST at checkout for 25% off your first order. I promise you're not going to want to miss it. And honestly, by the time this episode airs, we have some really exciting updates with some new products coming soon. But let's dive right into this episode without further ado Meg Jacoby. Meg, thank you so much for coming on the AIM podcast. Thanks for having me. It's a nice to like meet you in a sort of face-to-face sense now. 100%. Now, I'm, I'm really excited after um, yeah, getting to chat with you a little bit the other day and diving I'm just pumped to dive into your story honestly and and hear more about your background obviously the most recent amazing accomplishment that you've had of breaking the high rocks world record for women running the first sub 60 time which is absolutely incredible Uh, but really really excited to have you on the show today yeah thanks again thanks for having me I appreciate it it's been a it's been a fun week to put it to put (laughs) it lightly so 100%. 100%. Well, before we dive in, I have to ask, did you end up doing the uh, the row sit-up workout yesterday? No, I'm going to do it today. Okay. Um, I'm actually going to have, so I actually teach a, I kind of lead a group class, a high rocks style workout um, with like, it started with just my friend group and <laughs> um, it's like expanded quite a bit. Um, so sometimes there's like 20 to 25 people there. Um, so that's going to be our finisher in our workout tonight. And I appreciate this is why I love Instagram so much because (laughs) I love seeing people's like ideas and the things they come up with for workouts. And, uh, I like to like plug them in and into like what I'm doing. So I was like, Oh, I really like that one. You know, I don't know if my friends will like it as a finisher, (laughs) but (laughs) yes, I love that. For, for all the listeners, the workout is 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, and it's calories on the row right into sit-ups. So really the actual workout is GHD sit-ups, but I just did normal sit-ups. Um, that would be pretty in- intense, but it's, it's yeah, a good workout. It's super fun. I might do GHD because I weirdly love how sore I get from, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm like, yeah, I got abs now, you know, just from like the crazy soreness that you get from doing those. So no doubt. Well, I'm, I'm super, I'm super pumped. I can't wait to hear how that goes. And I want to dive into this before we like really talk about high rocks though. I think it'd be cool for the listeners to understand and hear more about your background of just getting into fitness, getting the running, getting into sport. Like I would love to hear kind of what that process looked like from, you know, an early age and, and kind of where it's led you today. Yeah. So we have the basketball like upbringing in common I when you said you were played in college I was like oh that's so cool um I've played since I was five years old and that was always my favorite sport by far um as I got a little bit older actually probably in like well I shouldn't say older this is like I was still a child but when I was in about fourth or fifth grade um my best friend uh growing up her cousin is actually Molly Huddle who is a super famous um, American distance runner. Um, she was in high school at the time and we lived in the same like section of New York. So my dad started bringing me occasionally to some of her track meets, like the bigger ones on like this, you know, the state qualifiers or whatever. She was breaking like every state record at the time. Um, and she, I think she was only doing track and I think she played soccer then switched over to cross country, like same thing, winning States. Um, 
arguably one of the best female runners to ever come out of New York state and has been pro, um, you know, for many, many years now. So I was really lucky because I remember watching her for the first time and saying to myself, like, I want to be just like her. Um, and that was like my first real look into the track and running world. Um, and I knew I was fast. So it was one of those things where I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, this is something I eventually want to do. Um, so by the time I got to the modified level in middle school, where you could first um, start running cross country for your school team, um, obviously I did that. And very early on knew, like by the time I was in eighth grade, I knew I had the potential to pursue this at the collegiate level. So I know this sounds crazy, but that was pretty much my goal from the time I was like 12. Um, and I was just one of those kids that my parents really instilled that work ethic in me. Um, like we, my brother's actually to this day, a professional bodybuilder. So we both just have this really intense desire to like push ourselves past what we think is we're capable of. Um, and that really started pretty early on for me. So I was just a very intrinsically motivated, um, person just in general. And I think that that's been a huge key to my success Sure. just overall, just kind of having that like internal desire to be my best self always. Um, so I did, you know, I achieved my, that first goal with getting a scholarship to a division one college. I went to UConn. Um, I'm very fortunate because I'm, I, I'm sure you can relate with your basketball story. It's like getting to that level is the amount of work and time put in, you know, there it's like the 1% of the 1% who really make it to that point. So like, that was just a huge dream for me. Um, and I did like decent in college. Like I ran pretty well my first two years. And then my second two years, like kind of went through a lot of injury stuff. And so it certainly wasn't perfect. And um, I wasn't like winning anything crazy. You know, I was just always like a really solid performer and just, but you knew what you could expect from me. You know, I think my coaches always knew like Megan's like just kind of a clutch grinder athlete. Like we know she's just going to like lay it all out there. And I, you know, I was never the most talented, but, um, you know, I, I was certainly not getting outworked. So that was kind of my thing, I guess. I love it. That's such a cool story. And you talk about, you know, you loved the game of basketball. What was it about running though, specifically that really drew you in that you just enjoyed about maybe it was the physical part of the mental part. What was it about running that really got you excited? I loved that it was you versus you and that it was so individual. Like I think the cool thing about individual sports, I love team sports. I loved the camaraderie of being on a, a basketball team. My team was actually very good. Um, you know, we made like the state playoffs every year and, you know, we'd lose in like the first or second round to like a team from New York city or something, but like, we were always really, really good. And we had awesome coaches. And so I loved being a part of that, that teamwork atmosphere. But I also loved that running was both a team sport, but also super individual it really made me push my boundaries as, as a person. And you don't have anyone to pick you up if you're having, you know, and not your best performance that just literally comes down to you. Yep. Um, you know, there's no subs in a, in a 5k cross country race or in a 3000 meter steeplechase. Um, so you have to kind of have that mind over matter ability when it isn't going well. And we all know like the amount of times it's going a hundred percent perfect is typically few and far between. Um, so you're just growing as an individual constantly, I think, because a lot of the times it's not going to go the way you are hoping it will go. Um, and you have to figure out how to push through that. So I loved that about, about running. Yeah. That so. makes, it makes a ton of sense. I, I completely agree. I was never, a high level runner. I've, I was fortunate to play basketball, but after I got done playing basketball, that's when I started to get more into running and I ran a marathon. I've done a half. And then in March, I ran a 50 miler with, with my, uh, 
with my business partner, Lucas, and that just there's so many things that you just unlock about yourself when you run. Like, again, I'm not trying to push running on everyone. Some people like to do other things, and that's cool. But there are things that you just don't know about yourself that you end up discovering through that modality. That's super interesting about what you're capable of, you know, what your mind's going to allow you to do. It's just it is really fascinating. Yeah, I totally I totally agree. So that's probably like what made me really fall in love with it. Other than like, of course, I was fortunate to have a lot of early success and that always helps like fuel the interest. You know, if you're good at something, usually you're like, okay, this is pretty cool. Um, But yeah, definitely that. And, And I still have those, like every race I ever do, whether it's a flat out run or a high rocks or whatever, like I'm constantly still learning. And I've been doing this for 16, 17 years of my life now. And I'm still constantly learning new things about myself so i think that's pretty cool that's awesome we've we've had some some runners on the show and this is an interesting question and and just other high performers in general but as you and you kind of touched on it but i want you to go a little deeper here as you work hard and like really dedicate yourself to something and see success how do you think that fuels your motivation do you think that's something that people like if they just stay consistent continue to work and start to see the progress do you think that's a really important factor in just your overall motivation or desire to do something yeah i think running is one of those things where i feel like you have to have a lot of patience with it especially if you're just starting out i think that you really have to give yourself a lot of time to like adjust to the training or whatever type of program you're doing or whatever um, like goal you have, um, running is one of those things that for some people it happens really quickly and they see progress right away. And then other people, it just takes a little bit of time, but I do think if you give it enough time and you give it a shot, you will start to, to see the progress. If you're staying consistency is obviously like the most important factor, especially with any type of cardiovascular, um, sport. It's like, you, you use it or you lose it. It's one of those things and you lose it quick. So <laughs> you really have to be consistent with it. But if you do that, I think the, the amount that you will grow and improve, um, I think you'll see, you know, people will see that pretty, pretty quickly. And then I think that is often very much a motivator to keep going. Um, and it is for me too. Um, when I first started doing high rocks, I had uh, kind of a tangent, but I had focused really heavily on lifting for the last few years. Sure. Um, and that kind of started like during COVID when a lot of the races were canceled. Um, there wasn't really much of that happening. So I kind of just shifted my focus a little bit because at least the gyms were starting to open back up. And I was like, maybe I'll just focus on like getting strong and, um, have like doing something a little bit different. And, so I wasn't running as much. So even just now the time, like the amount that I've improved and gotten back to kind of where I was a few years ago, um, just in the last like seven, eight months has been super motivating for me. Um, and it took, like, I had to really, I was really humbled. Um, <laughs> cause I know like, you know, I've been doing this for so long. Like I know what my splits had been yep. on certain things. Then I go to a very heavy lifting background where I'm just running because I just love it, but I'm not racing. I'm not doing like workouts. So then getting back into that, it was like, wow, okay. Like this used to be very easy for me. And now it's, it's feeling a little bit hard right now. So. Yeah, it's, I, yeah, that's, it's super interesting because I, I couldn't agree more. It's, that's why I think the sport of just like this hybrid style of training and hybrid racing, high these things are so interesting to me because, you know, when I was playing basketball, I redshirted my sophomore year and I was in the weight room all the time. And obviously we're not, we're running and we're, we're trying to maintain our endurance, but we're not doing long distance running or anything like that. But I got my squat over 400 pounds. And then then I stopped playing, I stopped playing back, but I couldn't run a marathon for sure. But then I stopped playing basketball and I train my body to run a marathon and then I can barely squat 225 without it like almost crushing me. So it's like, it's crazy to see what your body does and how it adapts. And if you stop training one thing, it obviously, you know, prepares for what you are looking to train for. So that's why I think this hybrid element is so interesting, making sure your body can kind of be 
somewhere on the spectrum, but also be good enough at both ends to be able to be competitive. Yeah. I, I think that's been what, one of the things that has been super attractive about it to me is like, um, I got really heavily into road running again in my like mid to late twenties. So obviously, you know, I ran in college. Um, I ended up having a daughter very quickly after college. So that was kind of a whirlwind always was very fit and active. Like I pushed her in my jogger for like four years straight, like every day, but I wasn't competing as much. And then when I got back into competing, I was able to get, you know, I actually arguably was running some of my fastest, running times, just pure running times ever. Um, but I was definitely not strong like I am now. Then I kind of stopped the running really focused on strength. I improved, I improved my deadlift by like over a hundred pounds in a year, my wow. squat by like 80 pounds in a year. And the cool, the coolest thing was my bench. Um, I gotten up to about like 180 for one RM like on my own. And then I started Dang. working with a coach and oh in like, in like six months, I got up to two Oh five. I weigh 138 pounds. So like th these were like numbers, these were numbers that at the, in my running days, like would never have dreamt of, you know? Um, and it really taught me a lot about what I hate to say is like the amount of muscle imbalances I had developed over the years. Like I had the, the, the deadlift, number the amount of work I had to put in to like it just how much muscle imbalance I had I had those super weak hamstrings so really correcting all of that wow. um and that's kind of like what led me to where I am now and I think hybrid is so cool this was my original point and I went off on a very long tangent but <laughs> like it's the blend of both worlds and they're two worlds that I loved separately and now sure. it's like the combination of both things is super cool and like I feel so empowered because I'm like I'm fast and almost as fast as I ever was but I'm also almost as strong as I've ever been too and and that's been really really cool to see it like being able to happen simultaneously yeah it's awesome I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's it's cool to see that and obviously talk about it because I think to some degree, all people I believe should train some version of hybrid. I think it's important to strength train for all the benefits of just like overall health and just strength and protecting your body. Um, and then obviously on the endurance side, making sure you're taking care of your heart and you know, your cardiovascular system and then the fitness side, like it's just, it's just a really cool way to train. Obviously you don't have to go to the extremes of a competitive world record and break it, break your high rock person. But I do think it's important to have just kind of a blend of just fitness because I really think it keeps your body healthy, safe, and also just keeps your, your body feeling good. Yeah, I totally, I couldn't agree more. What was your, so you ran in college, you ran at UConn, which is incredible. What was your kind of process journey from that point to getting into hybrid racing? I know you talk about, you know, why you like it, but like, how did that kind of start? I know you've have a, a really successful career in, in Deco with the Spartan stuff as well as Hyrox. Like what kind of led you into it and how did that kind of start? So um, during, I guess we were kind of like out of the COVID thing. I remember, no, actually during COVID, the, that like first COVID summer, and I hate that we have to talk about, about this, but I don't even, was that 2020, summer of 2020. <laughs> we'll go, we'll talk about that. <laughs> I did my first Murph and I was really just heavily running at the time and every, you know, the gyms were closed for like six months at this point or a few months at this point. And I like struggled so hard on doing the pull-ups. It was a super humbling, but also like super embarrassing for, <laughs> for me. Like I was like, I can't believe that I can't uh, granted it's a hundred pull-ups. So that's a lot, but Sure. I was like, wow, this did not go the way that I thought it would go. And so that's when I really was like, I got to hit the weights. Like I got to get in the gym. Like my new goal was like, I'm going to absolutely dominate pull-ups. Like I'm going to become a pull-up queen. Um, <laughs> and that kind of like led me into really into like getting back into the gym pretty hard. And then the following 
Memorial Day had come and I suggested to my friends like, hey, let's do a Murph. And we did a couple like prep class, like workouts. And then we did it and I did it with no weight, but I think I was like 29 minutes. Wow. Um, yeah. So unweighted, but obviously I'm fast. So the running part was, you know, not, but I was, I did all the pull-ups and that part was easy. Cause I'd worked super hard at them for like a year. And that, my friends were like, this was so fun. Like, let's, let's keep doing this. So it basically turned into me kind of putting on these like hybrid style workouts for us twice a week. And we would just meet at like the track outside and it was summer at the time. And then, um, my gym owner I've been going to, he was coaching me in college. Um, he was one of the first people that really introduced me to strength training. He let us start using the gym in the winter time and it slowly like built to this 15 to 20 people meeting two times a week just because we wanted to get better. And all the the workouts were like this hybrid style thing. But we didn't know that there were competitions for this at the time. So we're just like, let's, we'll do a thousand meter row and then we'll go do this and this and this. And um, finally, I have a bunch of friends in the OCR community locally And one of my buddies, his name's Jarrett Newby. Um, He actually just competed in the Gorat Games. Like he was second at Hunter's Battle Bunker, um, big in the OCR world. He's, you know, has a ton, an awesome um, list of accomplishments. But he's like, hey, there's this thing called High Rocks. Um, I really think you should do it. Like, I think you're going to do really great. And I was like, oh, yeah, that looks cool. Like looked it up and I didn't really realize it was, and ongoing, like, I was like, oh, yeah, there's one in New York. I'll just do that one. <laughs> and I didn't know there was, like, rankings and championships and um, Elite 15 and any of that at the time. So trained all summer. The same person, Jarrett, he hooked me up with Rich Ryan, um, who became my coach. And it's funny because at first I was like, I don't know. I, I got it. Like, I, I think I'll, I could do it myself, you know, like, um, he's like, you know, maybe you should just like hear him out. And, um, best decision I ever made because, you know, my form was certainly not perfect on a lot of things. Um, uh, so Rich really helped me. And I think I worked for him for, with him for like six weeks leading into my first Hyrox race, did my first race, with a two minute, I missed a lap. So with a two minute penalty, my time was an hour six. Wow. So I was like, all right, for your first time. And and he and I kind of talked about like a little bit of a, like what, oh, a sort of a time goal. And um, I was at the top end of the goal with the penalty. So then I basically was like, all right, I'm going to give this another shot. And I did um, an hour one fifty six in Chicago, and I ended up breaking the world record at that time. So in just my second race. So, but like I owe so much to my friend Jarrett Newby because had I not like taken his advice, I, I mean, this has been like the craziest, most awesome like seven months of my life. So. I didn't realize that. So wait, so you've broke, you broke the world record previously before this, this past record. Yes. So I broke it in November. Um, I also did be right before my first high rocks. I had also, because like, like, again, I'm just like apparently living under a rock. I (laughs) finally learned about DECA as well. So I, right before my first high rocks race, I snuck one deck a mile in at, I drove six hours to Pittsburgh <laughs> to do one deck a mile. It was the last weekend to get a qualifying time in for the world championship in DECA. So snuck a time in, I think I ended up being ranked third. Um, I went to Chicago. I did high rocks. I won. I broke the world record there in my second race. Two weeks later, I go to the DECA World Championships. I break the world record in the DECA mile, and I won the DECA mile. 
um, at the elite, like the elite deck a mile. And then um, I was qualified for the Hyrax um, European and North American championships in Hyrax. So yeah, it's been like a really, (laughs) it's been really crazy. Are you, so, you want to coach me now? <laughs> yeah. Hey, let me know. I Let's do know. take athletes. I do coach athletes. So I love it. that's super cool. It's funny. You bring, you bring Rich up. So I actually, I spoke to him yesterday and um, we, were, we were talking about you. Obviously I was telling him when you were coming on the podcast and the, the one thing he said, cause he's like, yeah, I, I coach her. Like I, I send her workouts, but he's like, she's so motivated and so ambitious. She does a lot of it on her own and she comes up with a lot of her own stuff. And like, he was just talking about your ability to handle so much volume and respond to that. It's like how intense you train. I want to know more about your training style. Like, I think it'd be interesting um, for what you're wanting and able to share. Like, I would love to hear more of like what into that, what went into that process of being able to break those records uh, from a training perspective. Yeah. So running is definitely my strength. So in my, in my past years, I've always, I've always been a very high volume, um, runner. Like even in college, I was running like college is probably a little too much, but I was running about 80 miles a week. Um, when I was competing collegiately, as I got older into my twenties and I was racing and starting to do half marathons, you know, I'd get up to about 70 miles a week, but like pretty much around like 60 to 70 is kind of where I always like stuck. Um, so I want, I'm prefacing that because I don't want people to think that to be a good hybrid athlete, you have to run 50 miles a week. Like I do, that's just what I do and what I can handle. And coming from like where I've come from 50, 40 to 50, I probably dip over 50 every now and then that's like still like 20 miles less a week than what I've, but I've done. So I know like, this is kind of my sweet spot where I'm able to handle the hard workouts. I take a couple easy days. I'm doing a long run. So my running is very much like a true runner would be other than I do one um, very straight running threshold workout a week, which I think is super important. And then I do two high rock style compromised threshold running workouts a week. And then the other days are like a couple easy runs and a long run. Um, I do sometimes run seven days a week. Again, don't recommend it to everybody. This is just because I've been doing it for like 16 years. So I, you know, I've built myself up to this over a very long period of time. Um, And then I love the strength, as you know, but I do find it hard at times to like, like I was trained, training conjugate powerlifting. Sometimes it's very hard to hit the, that type of workout while doing all the hybrid style stuff, just because like I'm trying to go into a run feeling good, not being super sore. So I found that um, I'll do like two very straight in the gym for like two hour, big lifting sessions an upper and a lower. And I do sometimes get to do a little bit more, like maybe a second day, but I found that like doing Metcon work, um, doing some more CrossFit style, uh, lifting workouts. It has kept me very strong muscularly. It's giving you kind of a little bit of that cardiovascular endurance as well, but it's not like blowing my muscles up so much that I'm, I'm too sore to run the next day. And that seems to have been a really good pairing for me. So, um, in September, after my first Hyrox race, I signed up with a CrossFit gym and I kind of avoid a lot of the very like gymnastic style stuff. Yep. Um, like I'm not doing handstand walks, you know, or anything like that. Yep. Um, but power cleans, um, you know, a lot of deadlifting, even if it's for higher volume, um, a lot of that stuff I think has helped me keep my musk, like my muscular endurance very strong, but also, um, like allows me to then get it done the next day or, or hit that next workout just as hard. Yeah. So that's super. That's yeah. Super rich, fun. rich, rich does not give himself enough credit. Like he does program a lot for me. I'm just one of those very lofty people that I'm like, 
oh, that looked like, you know, I, I've actually had to scale it back because when I see stuff on Instagram, I'm like, I want to try that. I want to try oh. that. I want to try that. <laughs> and then the next thing I know, I'm doing like five workouts a day and it's like, all right, that's way too much. But yeah. So no that's kind of like the gist. Yeah. That's super, that's super interesting. What, um, what does your recovery look like? Cause obviously you're, you're going hard. You have a lot of, a lot of volume, a lot of intensity with your training. Like how do you attack recovery? What does that kind of process look like for you? You know, this is something that I vowed to myself in the new year. I don't typically make new year's resolutions, but I was like, girl, you got to start stretching. You got to start <laughs> doing mobility. I am very bad about it. Um, I'm very lucky. Sorry. I'm very lucky that I naturally recover well. Yeah. And, but I, I really listen to my body. And that is one thing that um, working with Rich has been great because he programs a lot of my running workouts for me. If I feel like today I don't have it, I'll move it a day or, or, or I'll text him. We'll come up with a different type of strategy. Um, I think that's really, really important. It's like sticking to your training plan and being consistent is obviously very important, but you can't ignore what your body is telling you. So there are days where I'm like, I don't typically plan out rest days for myself. I just listen to myself. So if I'm like, listen, I need a day off then that's when I take a day off. If I feel good, then I, I typically wait until I have that feeling of, I really need a day off today. Yeah. Um, just cause like, you know, you have, you're trying to get a lot done. And when you're a parent and you're working, if I feel good, sometimes I don't want to like set, if I have the time and I feel good, I don't want to sacrifice that day, you know, like, cause I know something might come up the next <laughs> day. So I'm sorry, the mailman must be walking by and I have a, small attack dog so <laughs> you're good <laughs> um so that's kind of what i do i i'm really big on my supplements um you know i take collagen i take creatine um i actually take like a turmeric joint supplement because that's super important for me these days my knees are like what are you doing you know um so i try to be good about my my supplementing and and my food and I think that that has helped me a lot in my recovery, like making sure I'm nourished properly, um, fueling myself has been huge, huge, huge for me. And I think, um, I think people that can be almost as important as the training, because a lot of the time the training is not going to go well if you're not fueling yourself correctly. So, so that's been big for me. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. And especially when you're training with that intensity, you're you're burning a ton of calories. Your body needs that for sure, just to replenish, um, which is crazy. I want to know more about the actual race itself that you just did. Um, like I want to, I kind of want you to take us through a little bit of your experience. I mean, going sub 60s and saying, like, were these things that you kind of went in knowing that you were you had a good chance to break that 60 minute mark, or what kind of went through your head during the actual race itself? Yeah. So, so I ran in the European championships in January in the Netherlands and I ran in Chicago, uh, for the North American championships in February. And both of those races are set up on what they call the grid. And in a normal traditional high rocks, each station is separate and it's, you know, all in different places. And that's kind of part of the challenge. I know you've done one. That's like yeah. part of the challenge is like, Finding where you're going, you're running, finding where you're going. Yep. Um, and especially when you're super exhausted can be like kind of hard sometimes. So the grid takes that part away, but, and it's really meant for spectators. So it's like all the stations are done in one area, but with that, you have to turn around a lot. So it takes, a, it sucks up a lot of time, which, um, in the, in the bigger normal races throughout the season, like as an example, you have a 200 meter farmer carry. And a lot of the time it's like a straight hundred meter down straight hundred meter back. And the, on the grid, you're doing 10 or yeah, 10 down and backs of 20 meters. And you have to cross a line, turn around and then come back each time. So the stopping and the starting 
um, takes, takes up a lot more time than you think. Sure. So when I saw like my times there and I knew what my time was, um, when I had first broken the world record and it was that 61 high, I knew that I could be close to 60. I'd grown so much since then. That first Chicago race was in November. You know, it's April now. I know how much work I've put in. Um, those two championship races in my, in the Netherlands, I came in third. I did an extra lap in going into burpee broad jumps. It was like an almost four lap course. You get real, like, you're like, I don't yes. remember what lap am I on? You know, like, I have no idea. I went from being in second to eighth coming into burpees. I'm having a panic attack. I'm looking around like what happened, um, figured it out very quickly. Like, oh my God, I ran an extra lap, came back and came back into third place. And I was only about 20 seconds behind second. So I had fought my way back the second half of the race. Um, and you know what, the thing I kept telling myself was like, I didn't freaking come all the way over here, not to podium. I was like, I flew all the way over here to podium. And I, you know, was one of the favorites coming in. I had the second fastest time of the year. Um, so, you know, I was like very motivated in an angry way when that happened. And then in Chicago, I felt like I ran a super tough race, um, I, I went out really hard I mean, I kind of established myself very, very early um, and ultimately ended up coming in second. And there was a lot of changing going on between the top three, um, which was Lauren Weeks, myself and Swedish athlete Michaela Norman. And so after that, I was just like, you know, I'd ran almost close to my PR on the grid. And so I knew how much time like you can kind of compare your times a little bit. And I'm like, all right, like there was another 20 seconds to farmers because of the turns. And there was another 20 seconds here because of the turns or whatever. So I knew like, realistically, I felt like I was in shape to be close ish to 60 minutes. And I, so that was kind of my goal. Um, this was like a tune up race. I've only run four solo races ever Wow. And I'm, I'm in the world championship coming up in five weeks. So I was kind of just like, I just want race experience. Um, Cause you learn and you take away so much from every race that you do that I was like, all right, I want to see right before worlds what's going well. What have I improved on? What do I need to keep working on in the next few weeks? And of course I had like a goal in mind, but every course is different and the layout's completely different. So not every course is conducive to like running a PR. Um, but this course, it just worked out really well. Um, it was a two and like a half lap course. And so we had really long straightaways. Mm. Um, and that's like our, every runner's dream is having the long straights, not a ton of laps where you're getting confused. Um, and it kind of felt like being on a track. Wow. Um, so that was awesome. The, the first half though, I will say all of the doubles were going on. So at one point I didn't even know because of how much weaving I was having to do. I was like, I don't know if this is going to be that great of a time because again, you, you're not sure like how much time that's sucking up. Um, you're, you're trying to get around people I kept yeah. yelling to people like between and like, I just run in between them because they're in doubles. They're all running next to each other because they have to stay with their partner. Yep. So it's like, it's a lot harder to be weaving through them than it is <laughs> to be weaving through just one person. hundred percent. Um, so like that was kind of an initial thought, like, uh, like, I don't know, but my sleds went really well. Um, like it just felt good. I didn't feel super fatigued running after. Um, but my like bigger strategy was to push my running as hard as I could and then be kind of not, not complacent on the stations, but just relaxed. Like I wanted to go into the stations, obviously working hard, but I wanted to be very like in control. And 
the interesting thing was that that strategy ended up yielding some of my fastest stations ever. Wow. Um, so that was really cool because I think we tend to look to the people next to us and I like see someone pushing super hard. So then I'm pushing super hard, but then maybe I'm more fatigued on my next like push or the run off the push. Um, and then that, so like you, whatever time you might've gained pushing a little bit harder, you might end up losing right away on the run right after. Um, so this strategy seemed to like just work very well for me as an athlete. And, um, I think the funniest thing is in the live stream, there's all this chatter going on of like, she's this much far ahead. She's this much far ahead. Like she's going to do it. I had no clue. No one is relaying this to me. I'm, I'm I'm looking at my watch just like, I think I'm good. I think I'm going to get it. I have no idea how far ahead I am. I have like no idea until um, kind of like the last. So I'm on, I'm coming to the run off of lunges and I look down and I'm, I'm coming up with a worst case scenario. And this is what I do every race. I'm like, all right, if this run is five minutes, okay, now mind you, all of my runs at this point have been like 346. Worst case scenario, I'm like, if this is a five minute run, I have four minutes to do the wall balls and I'll still break the record. I'm not even thinking about 60 yet at this yeah. point. I'm thinking I'll just, I'll break the world record. If I have a terrible run for me, that would not be a, that would be like what happened to her, you know? Yeah, for sure. And then um, <laughs> if I did my worst wall ball time I've ever done, um, I could still get the, still get the record. So that's a great feeling, right? You're yeah. like, all right, prob that's because that's probably not going to happen at this point. And you were able um, to calculate um, all that on the fly. Like you were, you were doing that. Yeah. I'm just like, running wow. and I'm like, all right, I got, it's, it's 51. I got nine minutes, you know? Yep. Um, so I come into wall balls and I kind of look down and I like the camera guy was like, oh my God, she's smiling. Like she's, she knows, but like, still you're going through the wall balls. And at this point I give a hundred wall balls and I have no idea what I'm doing anymore. My body is just going. My heart is like out of my chest. I I'm like, I don't know if I'm breathing. I'm just trying to listen to the count. You, I can barely hear him. He's standing right here. It was the coolest feeling ever. Everyone is just rallying around me this is why I love high rock so much it's the environment is just dope it is just 100%. electric everyone is so supportive and uh, you know my and I've become very good friends with a lot of the, the the people who work for high rocks and just the community itself so it was amazing having so much support um but with that I'm like I don't know what I'm I don't know what number I'm on I don't know what I'm doing anymore I'm just going through the motions. Um, I ended up, I actually got no reps on two wall balls. Cause I just kind of like duffed them. Cause I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so, and the, like, again, I'm still, I have no idea what the time is. Like no one is telling me in the live stream, this, from my understanding, they're all like, Oh my God, the time is this. The time is this. The time is this. I have no idea totally forgot I have a watch on my wrist. Like I run up the stage, literally have a watch with the time on my wrist and I'm waiting for the board to say the official time. And when I saw the 58, I was like, Oh my God. Like, cause they're saying on the, you know, the guys I'm seeing are saying she's going to go under an hour. Wow. But is it a second or is it a minute? Like, yeah, that's a big difference. I like I didn't know. So when I saw the 58, I was like, holy shit, you know, like <laughs> I, it was to 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 get it and get it by that much felt yep. just unbelievable. Um, And I owe so much of it to Rich because like we went over the strategy and he knows me as a person. So he's like, 
stick to the strategy because yeah. you know I get <laughs> we all get very hyped up and then the adrenaline's going and sometimes you maybe forget how to approach it for the long the long haul and you go a little too hard out the gate so um uh yeah so it worked well and it was one of the it was just one of the coolest moments like of my life so so yeah congrats yeah. I mean that's that's amazing it's it's so cool and and this is kind of what I want to talk to you about next is just like the overall sport of high rocks obviously is growing super fast and to see you you know obviously emerging as as a leader in the sport I mean it's just so interesting and uh yeah I mean you should be super proud it's it's amazing what you're doing thank you I appreciate it it's been I think we we very briefly touched on a little bit of my like other life story like uh, I have the sports story and I've always been very um just a very motivated athlete always push myself whether I have a race or goal or competition or not like I'm the crazy lady in the gym like <laughs> that everyone's like what is she even training for and I'm just like life you know like nothing <laughs> just life you know um but I I love that I've been able to be what I hope is an example of what you can do or accomplish when you set your mind to something and you don't put limits on yourself. Um, my personal life, like I'm a single mom. I was 23 when I had my daughter. She's eight now. I'll be 32 next month. Um, and I, my twenties, like I struggled. I went through a divorce. Um, just, being a young parent and I was a full-time single mom for many years. My ex was in active duty military. So, you know, I moved home and I had to start from square one and, um, I had like no work experience. So trying to like get out into the real workforce after college, but having a toddler and trying to make ends meet and all of those things, like it, it wasn't easy and it's still not easy. Um, you know, I work a full-time normal job. Like a lot of people, I think, I think some people think I'm a full-time athlete because they just see the, that like the high rock stuff. And they're like, Oh, that's so cool. Like she's must be a full-time athlete. Like I'm not. So there's a lot of, I wouldn't call them sacrifices because I don't feel like I'm sacrificing anything. Like this is my passion. So wow. for me, it's like a chance, you know, like every, every workout I do, it's like a chance to grow and get better and to see what I then can do in my next competition or whatever. But my daughter makes a lot of sacrifices to, to support me. We're at the gym a lot. Um, I get, I've bought a lot of equipment this year after this stuff sort of happened so I can have things to do at home. Like I did a living room workout with my, my, my box and a bunch of dumbbells today. Um, but my daughter has been such a trooper and it's not easy. Like she has her own activities. She's playing sports. Um, and a lot of the time it's dragging her to the gym at seven o'clock at night for an hour because I have to get what I need to get done. Um, and there's so many positives to that too, because she is seeing an active lifestyle firsthand and goal setting firsthand and yep. just all those things that I think as women, we want our daughters to see. Um, and it makes me feel super empowered as a mom because whether she becomes an athlete later in life or not, I think that I'm hoping that seeing what I've been able to do, I just hope it like inspires and motivates her later on that, that and, and shows are like, you can do anything, you know, if, if you really set your mind to it. Um, and I, and I hope that I get to be kind of that example for all women, but especially moms, because I think we tend to sacrifice our own identity a lot for our kids. And we put ourselves last a lot. And I did that for a lot of years. Um, but being empowered to say, Hey, you know what, this time for me to go train, this is time that I need for myself that makes me a better mom or better person or, or whatever. I think, you know, that's been one of the most amazing parts of this journey for me. It's amazing. So, so 
I, uh, yeah, my, my mom and I are super, super close. And I saw how hard she worked as we were growing up and the sacrifices she made, like she 1000% motivates me and just being able to see that and now grow up to, you know, do what I do now. It's like, she's a big part of the reason I am where I am. So I'm sure your daughter is going to have a very similar experience of getting to see and witness and just be a part of, you know, your life and seeing your dedication and drive. I think that's super, super powerful. Yeah, I do too. I do too. And it's, and that's like a huge part of my why, you know, like she's a huge part of the why for me of why it's like, I got to keep going and keep proving more and more to myself, you know? So it's it's a, it's a feeling that way. I feel like if you can truly figure out something that you're doing, that's bigger than yourself and you're making an impact on other people. And that's like a big part of this podcast has been why I wanted to continue to do it. It's like, that is truly winning in life. That's success. It's like, if you can be the best version that you can possibly be and have no regrets, but that, that lifestyle, that choice is going to make other people better. And you're going to be making a bigger impact. That's, I mean, that's dope. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, we did a, like an interview in high rocks and they asked us that they were like, what's your biggest fear? And for me, like my biggest fear is, not living up to my full potential feeling someday that like I could have done more. I could have given more or, or maybe I could have like having that regret of like, maybe I should have done this or maybe I should have pushed this harder or I should have taken that opportunity or whatever the case may be like not living up to that. What I feel like was my full potential. That's my biggest, my biggest fear. And so this journey has been great in so many ways, because it's totally pushed me out of my comfort zone. Like I'm, I've, I'm coming into this experience. And I told myself, like, take every opportunity you can take every call, take every meeting, do every podcast, because you never want to look back and say, what if, you know? Um, so that's kind of been like my little mantra, um, with the the very quick success and um that I've fortunately had but I totally agree with you it's like so, laying it all out there you know <clears throat> is is super important it's the best I love it so you were obviously pre- prepping for worlds that's that's coming up at the end of May in Manchester England I as we wrap this up this has been such a good episode and you're you're amazing I appreciate you taking the time what is kind of your mindset going into this world championship and, and how are you kind of preparing yourself physically and mentally to, to compete in the worlds? Well, I definitely feel very confident in myself right now, but with that being said, like I compete against some unbelievably talented women. So I am certainly not counting anybody out. I think that would be really foolish of me. Um, so while I just ran a great, great time and I'm super happy and proud of it, like, nose to the grindstone now it's time to really um kind of like lock in the things that I feel like I still have a little bit of work to do on and maintain everything else (laughs) so um yeah it's just it's been a whirlwind this week um but it's like we're back to work you know um I gave myself a couple days to physically recover um that took a little longer than I thought I felt great after, but then, you know, you go on that run and you're like, wow, <laughs> like, <laughs> legs, like I thought I felt great. And then I tried yeah. to do this hour run and my legs were like, not today, you know, but, um, but yeah, really, it's just, it's, I've definitely, I am, I'm not subtle. I've never been subtle. So this was not subtle. So I'm sure I put a pretty big target on my back. I know my competitors, I'm sure while there so many have reached out in support and being very happy for me, which is amazing. I'm sure they're like, all right, like it's go time. And they're probably pushing even harder now. So I got to do the same thing, you know, um, it's my first world championship. So I'm definitely nervous. Um, it's the biggest probably event I've ever done in my life. So even bigger than some of the races I've done in college. Um, so trying to really keep believing in myself, not letting the hype of that level of competition 
psych me out. I think I'm pretty good about that in general. Um, and just believing in the work, Mm -hmm. the work that I've done up to this point, believing in the success that I've had, like I'm here for a reason. So keeping my mind like focused on that and not allowing the doubt, um, to creep in, which it's easier said than done. And we all go through it, you know, not a single one of us, no matter how elite, do, you know, doesn't have those moments where you're like, did I do enough? Oh no. Like, am I, am I fit enough? Am I ready? We all go through that, um, sure. to some, to some degree for me, I'm usually pretty good at combating it. Um, it, because I just, I believe it so heavily in rich in myself, in our team up, in the process, in the training, it's, you know, clearly worked for me, um, to this point. So like, there's no point in doubting it. It's like, why waste my time and energy on doubting that when I could just instead say, Hey, the work's done. You know, I've done everything that I could do. And that like, so really focusing my mind on that and that, that kind of mentality, um, for the next four weeks. And then, um, yeah, just locking it in, you know, I have a couple more weeks of just really high intensity and then it'll be a little bit of pulling it back and just really getting ready. And I'm super excited because Hyrox has allowed me to travel a lot as well, which has also been amazing. Um, I'd never been to Europe until this year and now I've, I'll be there four times in less than 12 months. So like what an awesome opportunity that has been just in and of itself. Um, just getting new experiences and like getting to experience different culture, meeting people from all over the world in this high rock space. Um, that's been super, super cool and rewarding. So I'm excited. I'll be in London and then I'll be in Manchester. Um, so that'll be, yeah. So that'll be really cool. And I, I'm really, really looking forward to it, but the te- like truly the test it's every race for me is just kind of like, the icing on the cake. It's like, like, I love the process of training. Um, and I really think you have to, if you're going to compete at a high level, you really have to love what you're doing because otherwise it's like, it can get so difficult and monotonous mentally. So, um, it's, it's just, you know, this world championship is the ultimate test for me for this year. Um, So yeah, I'm just, I feel like can't wait to see what I can do and what I can do under pressure, a lot of pressure. So (laughs) that's so cool. I'm, I'm so pumped for you. And I, and I'm really glad you, you touched on what you said, because we, we've brought on some really cool people on the podcast. And I think a lot of people talk about like, how do you become successful? But what I don't think a lot of people talk about is once you've seen success or achieved success, how do you maintain it and keep your mind in a position where you can go get more? And, and not to like hyper-focus on achievement and like, oh, but at the same time, like you said, the work's been put in, you can, you can rest easy knowing that you've given it all you have. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with is that, that yeah. feel that doubt once you have succeeded, it's like, oh my, was that a fluke? Like, am I going to be able to do that again? But that just, that strong mindset of, look, like I, I'm a hard worker. I'm putting the work in. I deserve to be here because I've earned it. It wasn't given to me. Everything you've accomplished, you didn't just wake up and become the world record holder. Like you worked for that. Right. That's that same mindset. That same like hustle will carry you on to to all the future achievements that you're going to, you know, earn. Thanks. I hope so. I think another thing to like piggyback off of you, I think what we don't do enough of, and I've been super guilty of this is like, especially when I was in college was we focus on all the things that went wrong and we tend to forget all the things that went right or focusing on all the things that went right too. And so every race I talk about, okay, here's where I need to, here's what I need to work on. But I just as much talk about all the things that went really well. Um, and Rich and I just had this conversation like, Hey, what stations do you, did you feel like you did great on? even though I got the time that I wanted and all of those things, it's like when we're super competitive as athletes, I think our immediate response is like, I did, I didn't do good on this. Like I need to focus on this and taking all of the small wins 
whether the time was what you wanted, whether the place was what you wanted or the outcome was what you wanted or not, going back and looking on every part that you won on, I think is super, super, super important because it can get really kind of toxic if you're only focusing on what went wrong. And I think people can get really tired of what they're doing if that's what they're they're thinking about all the time too, you know? Totally agree. So like small wins, I think are really important. And those are the things that I think will have kept me going towards bigger goals and will keep me going towards bigger goals um, in the future. I love it. Let's go. You got me fired up. Meg, thank you so much for coming <laughs> on the podcast. This has been really a really good episode. And I've just loved hearing your story and everything that you're doing to inspire so many people and all the success you're having. You absolutely deserve it. And I cannot wait to see you crush worlds. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And it's been so nice connecting with you. So yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening to another great episode of the AIM podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation. And if you found value in it, I ask that you kindly share this with a friend. We want to continue to grow this community and help more and more people every single day. If you have any questions for me, if I can ever help you anyway, please reach out to me at Doug Elks on all social. I'd be happy to help you out. Let's get after this week. Let's crush it. And as always, keep ambition in mind.